In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you most solemnly, you will be weeping and wailing while the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. A woman in childbirth suffers because her time has come, but when she has given birth to the child, she forgets the suffering in her joy that a man has been born into the world. So it is with you. You are sad now, but I shall see you again, and your hearts will be full of joy, and that joy no one shall take from you. When that day comes, you will not ask me any questions. The Gospel of the Law Here's a familiar story about a pair of twins. If you heard it before, please bear with the retelling. For those who haven't heard it before, let me assure you that it's much funnier when told without the sanitized euphemisms. A pair of twins had radically different personalities. One was an absolute optimist, while the other was a total pessimist. The psychiatrists who were treating them placed them in two separate rooms. The pessimist was placed in a room piled high with toys. Instead of rejoicing over his little treasure trove, the boy cowered in a corner, crying and shivering. When asked, the boy explained that he was afraid that he would break the toys or injure himself. His optimist twin, on the other hand, was placed in a room piled high with horse manure. When he was secretly observed, instead of being disappointed, the boy was throwing the manure in the air with delight. What are you doing? asked the puzzled psychiatrist. With all this manure, said the boy, there must be a pony in here somewhere. Our law today sounds like the pessimist. Already we are hearing so many bad and depressing news. We would have hoped that Jesus could at least lift our spirits by giving us some good news like the optimist, even if life feels like a pile of horse manure. Well, our Lord is not being pessimistic. He's just being realistic. He's preparing his disciples for his own passion and death. That would be the cause of great weeping and wailing while the enemies of Jesus rejoice. But this would not last long. Immediately mentioned after this prophecy of his death, our Lord tells his disciples that their sorrow will turn to joy. He's not only preparing them to grieve over his death, but also to rejoice in his resurrection. Similarly for us Christians, any moment of grief or sorrow could be transformed into an experience of joy. How could this be possible? First, we must remember that joy is more than a feeling. It's more than being in a good mood or being optimistic. Christian joy faces this world honestly, and we stand on the promises of God. The foundation of our joy is the hope of the gospel. The hope we have in Jesus because he died, rose again, and will return to make all things new. We groan and we long for redemption and restoration and in the resurrection of Christ, we have found the answer. And it is this hope founded on the resurrection of Christ which produces joy. 
What the world needs is not more bad and depressing news, nor does it need to be deluded with false, optimistic, happy news, which ignores the sufferings which plague us. What the world needs from Christians is the good news of Jesus Christ. This man died for us. He is risen from the dead, and one day he will return in glory to judge the living and the dead. The righteous will be vindicated and the wicked punished. On that day, if we are counted among the righteous, our hearts will be full of joy. But even now, we can find indomitable joy in Jesus in the midst of suffering and sorrow. With Jesus in our lives, every sorrow will be turned to joy. For this reason, this is a joy which no one can take from you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.